This is episode number 484 with Andrea Balboni, how to create a blissful sex life. Hi everybody, I'm Sandy Wiener and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you would like some support on that journey to lasting love, I wrote a book and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 chapters that each chapter begins with a tip. And I share that tip, one of those tips every week on my podcast. Uh, there are stories and exercises designed to help you step more fully into your value. And you can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. This week's tip is declutter your life. That's step number 14. And what I mean by that is we often think about decluttering our closet, decluttering our drawers, our house, but we often have clutter in our life as well, like friends that are kind of not serving us, people who are draining us, jobs that are draining us. So we have a lot of clutter of things or, or we're saying yes to things that we really mean to say no to. And we're just like, busy, busy, busy with things that are not making us happy. So my challenge to you this week is look at your life and see where you're saying yes to things that you want to say no to, where you're still hanging out with people who drain the life out of you. And just make one change now and see how you can open up space to something you actually want to say yes to when you say no to something else. And before I bring Andrea on, if you're not yet a member of my Facebook group, it's called Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. It is an amazing group, I have to say. I started this group, I don't know, maybe five years ago without any idea where it would go. I'm thinking, start a free group, who knows what's going to happen. And what's happened is it's become this incredible community of supportive people. I have very strict guidelines in the group that keep the group safe and sane, which is highly unusual for a group that talks about dating and relationships. Come and join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Andrea Balboni. She is a sex, love, and relationship coach, and she wants every woman to know that the secret to having the relationship, sex, and Im intimacy that you want lies within you. She knows how to uncover that secret because she's done it herself. Awesome. She now guides other women to create amazing relationships with depth and connection and love and blissful pleasure so they can live life and love in a whole new way. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thanks, Sandy. It's great to be here. One of my favorite topics, sex, um, sex, <laughs> intimacy, pleasure. We, we don't talk about it enough. There's a lot of shame around talking about this. So I'd love for you to share your own journey, if you don't mind, uh, because I think that's always good to know that somebody's actually experienced what they teach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so shame was definitely a big part of my story <laughs> and how I came to do the, the career, have the job that I do now, which is coach people um, in sex and sexuality and intimate relationship. And I, my own story is that I struggled with it for most of my life, my adult life, my teenage life. Um, I had a boyfriend when I was 16. That was my first boyfriend for about six months. Um, and then was single again until about 26. Had a boyfriend for four years. And then when we broke up, I was single again until 43. 
So I have had most of my life as um, a woman who was single, and now I have a partner. So the, the ending, I'll just, spoiler alert, that's the <laughs> end. <laughs> I did get there in the end. Um, and how I got there was really through coming to terms with, let's say, or um, an entirely different relationship with my sexuality, with sex and intimacy after not having experienced very much of it for a very long time. So um, the gateway for me into relationship, into deep, profound, committed, beautiful, passionate relationship was through coming to a different place with sex and how I related to it. And my own understanding of myself as a woman and as a sexual, sensual being, as a woman who is exudes um, sensuality, sexuality in her very own unique way. Um, and really embracing that. So it was the journey, a journey of many, many years, <laughs> many, many different roads. And I'm happy to speak to all the different ways that, that I kind of came through into this um, place where I am now. And I'm so excited to support um, not just women, but I also support men um, as well as, as well as couples. So, but it's been super special to work also with men for for my own deeper understanding of what they are experiencing and desire and in relation to intimacy with women, especially. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I love about your story is that it gives people hope that even if they've been single for a long time, that doing this work is so transformative and you're the living proof that with the right work, we can, transform shame and all the limiting beliefs we have into something very positive. I was just on a coaching call right before we recorded with somebody who had a lot of shame around money. And we've been talking a lot about her childhood and the, the beliefs that she had, that she was bad with money, that um, she does, she's irresponsible with money. And it's not true. And because of it, it's created all these problems with her partner, with her children, with, you know, it's like, you don't realize how much it limits you. So in what, wherever shame is, the more we can shine light on shame, the less it can thrive because it doesn't thrive in the light. So we're going to shine some light now <laughs> on, uh, on shame. And let's say um, somebody has been single a long time, just like you were. How can they begin their journey towards more intimacy and less shame? Mm. So one of the questions or worries, I would say, that comes up most with women, especially if you're in uh, midlife, if you're a bit older and you haven't had, um, you don't have this relationship history that's got all these stories. And our perception is that when someone asks us, so what, tell me about your past relationships and we don't have much to say, that that in itself is shameful. So we're shamed for not having had enough experience, but then we can also feel shame on having had too much experience as well. So um, shame, sex and shame seem to be really, um, or have been for, for so, so long, really just kind of coupled together. And it's kind of like you, you can have too much or you can have too little. What's ever the right amount and we never really quite seem to get there. So for women, I know when I was, when I began 
dating again or I mean I kind of felt like I was always sort of in and then I would take a break and then I would be back in again and take a break finally came to a point where I really just accepted what I had experienced in life I was confident that I could make an, an exceptional partner and I also knew I was a sensual being like I was deeply sensual I loved to touch um, and got really back in touch with that part of me that I had kind of pushed down or pushed away or just got disconnected from through several decades of working behind a computer focusing on on the screen and um, even though I dated and had a wonderful social life I really lost connection to my body to my sensu to my sensuality so when I started to move towards it again shame was one of the things I really had to work to overcome to face and then overcome and what helped me was a reframing of sexuality as something that is intrinsic that's natural of course we know this but we it it, it helps I think to hear it again that that blissful orgasmic pleasure is our birthright we were born with a full capacity to experience pleasure to experience bliss states and that pleasure supports our well-being it supports our bodies to thrive it supports our hearts to love it supports our minds to function better as well so again this is science we have the science we know this it's just I think we can't really say it enough um, to really just reiterate that that pleasure is something beautiful it's sacred it can in some traditions has been has been um, practiced and used the our, our sexual energy our turn on has been used to connect to higher states of consciousness even so to what is for some people um, also considered sacred sacred states of being sacred connection with the divine even so depending on your belief structure and, and how far you know you you go and what feels true to you that this this was for me one of the things that helped me move through the shame into seeing something sex as something that was sacred that was pure that was um, clear and clean when the intention behind it like with money when the intentionality when the intention behind it the way that we relate to it is um, comes from a place of of, of clarity um, and, and goodness intrinsic goodness then it is it can be all it can be wild it can be sexy it can be fiery it can be passionate it can be soft and smooth it can be delicate and sensual and all of those flavors are good intrinsically natural and quite good when the intention behind um, when the intention that you approach sex and sexuality with comes from a place of honesty authenticity exploration curiosity and um, uh, when it's when you are when it's consensual with your body your own self as well as when you're with another or others so yeah, so it was a bit of a I'm, monologue. No, no, no. I, <laughs> did it make all, sense? <laughs> it's important stuff. And I, 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 at the end, when you said, and when it's con consensual, is what was going on in my mind as you were talking is like, there has to be a willing partner who also is curious and open and, you know, able to overcome any of their shame. And I think that when you have that safe space, that you can explore and many people just don't you know they they have never had that 
they were brought up especially to feel like, you know, certain religions have such a taboo on sex and pleasure. And that especially for women, I think pleasure is even more important because it is one of our centers, like having pleasure with eating. We're told be skinny, don't eat, don't have pleasure with your food. I mean, it drives me nuts. <laughs> and so we walk around thinking we're not enough and we're, we're, our bodies aren't perfect. And yeah, so talk a little bit about body shame, because I know that plays a lot of, a lot into this. And especially as people age, because our bodies age, spoiler uh-huh. alert. <laughs> <laughs> and they change, our bodies change as well. So we, you can kind of think about it as a map, like the map of your body. And there's a, um, there's an erotic blueprint or a, a map that your body has where it carries, um, carries pleasure, carries bliss, carries and expresses, um, expresses pleasure as well. And as we shift and change, as our body shift and change, our pleasure map, our blueprint can also shift and change. And knowing that and expecting the change <laughs> is, I think, quite helpful because what it asks for is us to reconnect with our body again and again and again over time to understand, okay, where is pleasure going to be experienced now, especially as we move through major life transitions? How does pleasure show up? Will, does it show up differently? Does it want a different context? Does it want a different flavor of touch? Does it want to, um, what supports pleasure now for me? What in that, and how has that changed? And getting to know that first for yourself is really, I think, or I share this in a lot of my work with women, it's super, super key to know your body for yourself first through self-pleasure, through exploration, and then you can share that with your partner. Then you feel, once you can develop a language for yourself, an understanding of your own map in, within your body of pleasure and how it shows up for yourself, then the invitation is for another person to, to join, to explore with you, to understand with you. And so there's huge power in knowing first your pleasure is intrinsic. It's within you and is always there. And then it can be supported and enhanced by um, partnership with another, but it doesn't always have to. Half, it doesn't always have to include other people. It can be just for you. It can be something that you enjoy. And so, but our bodies, because they're constantly shifting or changing, it is um, to, to be able to love and accept your body for the change it's going through and also understand that there are so many different shapes. We all know this, right? There are so many different shapes and flavors of, of body in the world, especially as women, it feels like we have so much variety and that, that variety is supremely beautiful. It's so beautiful and it can be really, really refreshing for people to, or women to see other women, maybe if you're at the beach and you're noticing all the different body types around, it can be really refreshing to see that because we don't get as accurate a representation through the media, through advertising. We get usually one or two body types and that's it. And so it's kind of eye-opening when you start to look around and notice again, okay, wow, there's so many different body types and isn't that incredible? And what's my unique flavor of beauty this time around in this world? Like what is that within me that is unique to me, that is my essence? What 
experiences have I had, even if it expands beyond kind of just the body, what am I holding within me that makes me unique and special and different and beautiful in my own way? Um, and it can take a minute. So it can take a minute. <laughs> what can be very, very supportive is to surround yourself by other women who have come to really love and accept their bodies for exactly as they are and how they are. So joining a community like yours, joining a community of women where they have done some of this work on really um, falling in love with themselves again, falling in love with who they are, falling in love with what they rep represent and how they live their lives um, is, is, and are very comfortable also with their sexuality, their relationship to sex can be hugely, hugely healing and make it normalize what we usually have a lot of shame around, have a lot of discomfort in speaking about. It creates space for you to begin to have that, um, have that normality for yourself. And what's normal is everything and, and anything that we have um, before us or within us that for us is authentic and, and feels really good. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's an important reminder for people to hear this, that all bodies are beautiful in their own way. We have to own our unique brand of beauty and stop comparing. Oh my God, the compare and despair is <laughs> it's a real thing out there. And you realize that you've actually been bullying yourself your whole life because you're probably your worst enemy. I think many women are shocked when men say their body is beautiful. Like they're like, no, <laughs> shut the lights. And <laughs> the men are just so happy to be with them and, and to touch them and to, you know, just to just experience pleasure together. Mm. It's so much bigger than cellulite, you know, and Absolutely. just, you know, we have, we all have our own our own issues and self-loathing that we need to work on. And I think it's just a really important reminder. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. You spoke before about um, self-pleasure and understanding your body and what brings you pleasure. And you call this mindful masturbation. So could tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so mindfulness is one of the greatest gifts I feel of kind of current years and current times. And it is not just because we were more still, although for some people mindfulness has been meant more stillness, which has been hugely um, healing for, for us in a society and culture where we're in go, go, go mode with a million different little bits and pieces of things. So mindfulness has really helped us smooth out um, the way that we are with ourselves. And when we bring mindfulness even to the bedroom, so in how we are with our bodies, with ourselves, with our pleasure, where we're slowing way, way down, we're noticing what is when the stuff comes up that feels like static or discomfort, 
that we can be with it and watch it float by like the clouds or breathe into it and have it move through so you get to the other side, which is pleasure, then um, there's huge gifts in that. There's greater ease within yourself and your body. There's more understanding of how pleasure operates within you. And so by bringing, slowing down self-pleasure, slowing down when you're with your body and with yourself. And I even encourage women to make a ritual out of it. So we don't always have time for this, but ritual is <laughs> recommended at least once a week if you can do it. Um, to create that space for yourself where it's it's in ritual when it is mindful masturbation for example you enter into a space where you've given yourself a good amount of time to really shift from whatever's happening in the day into that space of pleasure into the bedroom perhaps and start to really be with your body be with what is moving super slowly at the speed that feels really good for you so if it's slow 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 that's great if it wants if you want a faster tempo that day that's just okay too it's just really listening into what does your body want and need how does your body want to be touched if at all where does it want to be touched what texture might it want to have um, you touch it you touch yourself with where's pleasure showing up that you can say yes to it where do the, does it feel like there are blockers that want maybe some tools like the breath so breathing into a space that feels blocked and then releasing the blockage so you can move into pleasure it's this kind of practice rather than um, it's, a, it's kind of getting to know that landscape again, getting to know the pleasure map of your body. You can also take away the goal of orgasm if that is um, interesting to you, taking away that need to kind of achieve or move towards or arrive at a certain place, just taking that out of the um, picture completely for some of the time that you're with yourself. Um, also lets you expand, can really expand the horizon of, of the qualities of pleasure that you that you perceive within you and that you can experience within yourself as well. So it's approaching your own body, and I know we've been with our bodies for quite some time, so we think we know them, but really approaching it with curiosity, with newness, with, um, yeah, just really wanting to see what might be there that's different, and then allowing what is to be, yeah. How often do we not slow down and... <laughs> <laughs> and just go into our day. And I mean, so much of what you're talking about is really just a global issue. We're very disconnected from our bodies in general, that most of us operate from our neck up and don't even know what we're feeling in our bodies and when it comes to emotions, when it comes to any of the feelings that we have. And so I think this practice can help us in every part of our life it's not just about sex it's it's really about reconnection absolutely and, to, and taking it easy yeah <laughs> taking the goal away of just having to have it be anything or look like anything or mean anything just being with what is is such a beautiful just a game changer so mm -hmm. yeah so hard to not have a goal <laughs> is, i'm achieving but... <laughs> something <laughs> or it's a waste of time <laughs> Exactly. Uh, man, I mean, just even the mindfulness of, of um, like, I, I take a bath every night when it's cold weather. And I like to bring a book with me. I'm like, I do the bubble bath and the lavender and like do a whole sensual thing with it. And it helps me to sleep better. 
but it's so tempting to just bring the phone in there and catch up on emails and catch it's like no no don't do that no phones <laughs> in the bedroom <laughs> no it's a consciousness it's like you have to do that digital you know diet of of like some people call it a digital sunset it's like as soon as the sun is set put it all away which i don't do because that's way too early but um but yeah the less we're on our devices and constantly busy and and disconnected it just disconnects us yeah so let's talk about orgasm because you just talked about not having to focus on orgasm but there are plenty of people who really don't have orgasms. And I mean, I've spoken to many women who could have been married like 40 years and never had an orgasm, never had oral sex, never experienced a lot of things. And there's shame around that too. It's like, well, I'm the only one and what's wrong with me? So, so much of what you're talking about is self-acceptance and self-love and self-compassion. So from a self-compassionate place, uh -huh. how can women experience more pleasure in sex if they never or rarely have had orgasms? Mm, great question. And um, there's fortunately lots of information on this now, or lots more information on this now. Um, and <laughs> I would recommend a book that's not my own. <laughs> <laughs> but I will recommend it, Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski is, is a fantastic place to start. Um, because what we really, it, it can, um, it can be simple and it can also be quite complex. So if having a full understanding of what may or may not be happening for you is, is can be helpful know that you're certainly not alone like you say there's so many so many women that pass you know through so many decades even a lifetime never having experienced or wondering if maybe that was orgasm they're just not quite sure so um so first of all it's okay if you never have had an orgasm and it's okay if you never do it's all right mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, if your desire, though, is to experience orgasmic pleasure or bliss that feels like orgasm, then beginning to understand what might be blocking you from it and then removing the blockers one by one, removing the blockers one by one will bring you towards it. So sometimes the blockers will show up as conditioning and we've all been conditioned like we've spoken about throughout our time together here today about the shame that that's a blocker for sure um, to we we can hold ourselves back from allowing ourselves to feel pleasure because it can feel dangerous to even allow pleasure in because we've learned that it's shameful if we get pregnant even if we're beyond the the years that that we can have children there's a residual fear of if i let myself go and feel pleasure then or have sex even then I might get pregnant, it'll ruin my career, my life, everything's over. Um, and that can hang around from kind of like childhood if you've ever been in a situation where um, you've learned that through family or, or society and culture. There's lots of derogatory and negative talk around women and their sexuality. If we're too sexual, if we say yes to pleasure, like you were saying before, whether it's food, whether it's, um, it's sex, we're too much, we're too this, or we're, or we're cold, we're not enough that. So it's kind of like we've got a lot of 
these kind of layers and layers and layers that can really keep us from experiencing the pleasure that that is there. So starting to like an onion skin work through the different layers um, is what wants to happen. So sometimes we understand the story or the conditioning or the reason why um, the blockers are there. And other times it shows up in our physiology and our bodies in a way where we can work with it without having to know the story. So it doesn't have to just be unpicking it through reading or your mind. You can also work with um, starting with a body mapping, understanding, okay, where does pleasure show up? How can it, how can I say yes to it more? What will allow me to feel more safe and secure in opening up to pleasure? What will allow me to relax more and say yes to pleasure? What do I need to hear or know that will allow me to just relax back a bit more into my body to release anything that I'm holding on to, to say yes to what wants to come through, which is, which is bliss or, or, um, or energy that wants to move through. So I say this because sometimes if you're like me, were really, really blocked from experience and had blocked yourself from experiencing or feeling um, sensuality, sexual energy turn on, then what can rise up first is all of the yucky stuff. <laughs> like um, tension can show up, burning can show up in your body. And along with that, as you start to work to release it, and there's different ways, different tools that I teach to help women to release, then also what can turn up or show up are some of the emotions, the negative emotion, negative, the challenging emotions that came along with that. So you can feel fear, you will feel shame, you might feel like an icky, sticky yuckiness that you can't quite put your finger on that just wants to kind of like come out. And so this is also, um, this is part of the, the, the pathway to pleasure <laughs> that some women may experience. So if you do start to feel kind of like fear come up or sadness, deep, deep sadness, or just an icky sticky thing, what you want to know is that's perfectly normal. It's part of the path of healing, part of moving through the, the, st the sticky stuff to getting to the other side. And you want to allow yourself as much as possible to have those emotions cycle through clean and clearing that energy from your system, cycling, cycling them through, and then filling yourself, noticing pleasure, if there's space for pleasure, if you can pour in, if you work with energy or light at all, to pour in um, some beautiful golden high vibe cleansing light into the space that you clear. As your body and your nervous system start to reset themselves to back to what is your baseline of health in your body, your blueprint for pleasure. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, but it's just so important because we go unconscious around this and many other things. And when we can release the shame and just be with what is and notice what's happening, like the awareness, which is always the first step, you know, what, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? What's blocking me? And and I, I like that you also said you don't have to know all the answers. Like if you just feel it in your body, it's okay. And a lot of times it's the same with feelings. It's like when you want to express your emotions and you don't have words for it, where do you feel it in your body? It's a tightness in my chest. It's a closing of my throat. So those are clues that something's blocking, you know? And so when we can start tuning in 
I'm noticing I'm clenching my fists. I'm noticing that my jaw is really tight and then start to relax it. Like sometimes when I get into bed, I have so many thoughts because I haven't turned my brain off. And I notice like my brow is very like tight and my eyes are clenched and it's like, oh, just like breathe, relax, get some of that stuff out and don't carry your day with you. It's just... We have to really work on this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It takes conscious kind of, it takes conscious awareness. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and also to, I would also really express that um, you, you, when you allow yourself to experience the full range of emotion in the bedroom. So when you allow yourself to feel sadness, to feel anger, to feel like frustration, to feel it all and to let it come out as you're making love. (laughs) just let your partner know (laughs) so the first few times my with my partner I was I would I would cry and then I would laugh and then I'd be crying again and he's kind of like what's going on I'm like I don't know it's just all coming out and I was used to it because I had done so much work on myself through self-pleasure that this is all was all kind of natural for me to experience just make sure you tell your partner that it might be a different experience than you've had before so that they know what to expect that's a good yeah. idea. <laughs> Which is, we don't know what's going to show up today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've been watching reruns of New Girl. Do you ever watch that show? Mm. <laughs> and there's a lot of sex on the show. And um, and what's really interesting is watching Zoe Deschanel's character trying to have casual sex and all the feelings that come up and just trying not to get attached because she gets attached so quickly and and then you see other like her roommates who cry because you know it's just like in all the all the feelings and it's I love it it's so much fun but it's also like a little a little slice of what people really go through and it's nice to hear from the men and the women about their feelings about relationships and about sex and mm. uh, so sometimes like watching a show can make can make you really see yourself the other show I was thinking of was Ted Lasso, which is more recent, but in that show, there are so many interesting relationships. There are big age gap relationships. There are mixed race relationships. There are relationships where the man is extremely gruff, but has a heart of gold and the woman is kind of a boss babe and you know and and the threat yeah. how people get threatened and how there are misunderstandings and and it's just it's all part of the fabric of our lives and if we allow it all and understand it all we can really grow as people and improve our own lives so mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more about the you know deepening sex with your partner so you say feel all the feelings let it, let your partner know I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm just I'm just feeling it all. So, um, what else can people do to connect more deeply in the yeah. in the bedroom? Um, I would also add to uh, it's also not necessarily about them. So, if you're if the anger, or the sadness, or or things come up, just letting your partner know it's not it's not about them. It may be, there there may be things that come up that are about them, but a lot of times it'll just be about what you're experiencing. So maybe there's sadness from the day or sadness from, um, from life of having lost someone or sadness from, or anger from having had too much sex that you didn't ever want to have. And that's showing up for some reason and 
in the present time. It's just letting your letting your partner know that it's not whatever does come up. It's not necessarily about them, and um, to be able to own what's yours and know what's yours and 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 express that is quite a very it's quite an adult thing to do in a relationship because oftentimes there can be confusion about oh it's them or it's so if you you can own what's yours and share your experience with your partner then um, that can be hugely healing for everyone uh, and then when it isn't yours to know when it's not yours it's actually their stuff that's happening and that they're experiencing and that they're living that can also be really healthy as well so that you don't take on the burden of someone else's um, healing journey or someone else's experience or someone else's emotional um, reality that's happening with them about a certain situation so having a clear distinction about what's yours <laughs> owning it sharing it what's theirs recognizing that it's theirs um, and then also supporting if they need support when it's appropriate and then also understanding what's yours what's shared so having that clear understanding of what's yours what's theirs and what are we sharing what's our shared experience can help to navigate the times when things do come up for you that actually do have nothing to do with the other person or the other person responds in a way that you know actually has nothing to do with you really. Um, it has something to do with them and their world and what they've experienced in their lifetime. So that is, um, yeah, that is a lifelong practice. So <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I just wanted to add, I wanted to say it a while back, that even though it, I'm, I'm talking the talk, um, that it's walking the walk is still my path. So everything that I share is from a place of, um, I'm in the trenches with you <laughs> and it may not be in the, in the arena that it used to be, which is relationships and intimacy. For me, the arena has shifted more to other parts of my life, but a lot of the things I'm struggling with are quite the same. So I'm still with, you know, still, I'm still here. <laughs> so here still <laughs> so I just wanted to also add um, and maybe that also helps with the compare and despair thing it's not like I certainly don't have it all figured out I certainly don't have it all smoothed over I certainly have a long um, you know a long way to go and this is maybe just part of our evolution as humans on the planet is that our, our path is our path but just to say that um, I'm with you without everyone who's listening I'm in the trenches we're all in it together and um, helping each other through so uh, so yeah there's also there's also that there's also knowing that you are you're doing by listening even to something like this you're already on the path you're already doing the work I try to reframe it and have it be play <laughs> <laughs> instead of feeling so heavy it's like home play rather than homework um, pleasure practice rather than uh, so, um, and knowing that the other person, the person that you're with is also on their own unique journey and, um, and we're all in it, we're all here, we're all in it together. Um, what can support connection, especially when it comes to intimacy is, um, <laughs> it doesn't sound so sexy, nervous system attunement. <laughs> so basically if you've had your day and the other person's had their day, you may be on a certain speed and moving at a certain pace and they may at another speed and pace. So when you come together, um, whether it's in the evening or when you do come together, you just want to take a minute and eye gazing is perfect for this. So the eye gazing practice, which is 
just a couple of minutes of softly gaze, gazing into each other's eyes. If you giggle, that's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to just what it does is it really helps you to connect to the other person and for your nervous systems to also come, come to um, steadiness within the one and the other. It's kind of like a physiological thing as much as it is. Uh, um, can be, it can really feel like a soul level connection when you eye gaze. And you can also use a bit of somatic kind of body-based um, experience with that by putting one hand on your heart and the other hand on their heart. And then they can mirror, they'll do the same for you. So their hand will be over yours and your hand will be over theirs and just breathing together. So if you just take a minute to inhale together, then exhale together, then inhale together and exhale together for a couple minutes, then your systems, your bodies will come to a place where you have just a few minutes to kind of meet each other and you're, you're vibing in the, at the same space. So if you often find with your partner, you've had totally different days and you never quite can seem to get on the same um, wavelength, that's, those are some simple ways to really do it. Um, those are great. Connection. Yeah. Uh, I think um, attunement is huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really great buzzword. And I think that when we often come to relationship with very different energies and it's so easy to stay disconnected unless you take that time to really get back into sync together. Um, I also love that you shared that walking the walk is a work in progress. And I think that it's a work in progress for all of us. Like when we stop growing, we're dead, basically. And um, I was just talking to my son about that this morning, that I still make mistakes, you know, even though I'm, I've been a relationship and dating coach for almost you know, 14 years, I have fallen into certain traps but I get myself out faster and I can, I know how to process. And I think that's the main thing. It's like, we have the tools, even though we're not a hundred percent all the time because we're human. And we also have had a lot of programming that came before the work came or the play came. And, um, and I think that, you know, just to be kind to yourself when something happens, I mean, I, I was just stood up by somebody and I talked about it on my, um, uh, on a video because I wanted to share that even dating coaches get stood up, even, <laughs> yeah. you know, I fell for this total lie and it sounded good. It sounded really sincere. He was making reservations and coming and driving two hours to meet me. And we had several conversations about it. Now, are you sure you're okay with driving? Yes. I drive all the time and then nothing. And then blocking me. And I'm like, what the heck happened? I don't know, but it's not about me. And, you know, and knowing how to recover, knowing how to get myself up off the couch, did not go to the restaurant to meet him and wait there. So I had that skill down, but well just done. getting out of the house, taking a walk, cleansing, knowing how to kind of debrief and take away what I'm going to learn from this and teach from this is part of the process and i think people need to really hear that we're all human yeah. we're right there with you yeah absolutely so, yeah um so andrea what are your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date yay <laughs> that you will go on a last first date absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and um and like you have alluded to it's 
it's so hard to, it's so cliche and it's so difficult to accept because I'm not there with it yet, but it really truly is so much about the journey. Um, and of course we, we do, of course we want to get to the end game because that's why we're here, um, you know, doing the thing. It's such, um, <clears throat> to be able to be in this, the space of the journey is really a super special gift. And depending on where you're at with it all, that can sound like, oh, that's just whatever, not very helpful. Or it can, it can be a reminder that, yeah, actually that's kind of what this is about. And we can still hold on to our desire loosely and gently of actually having, being with someone in the end. Um, because the end is really just a beginning. It really, really is. So everything that you're experiencing now, that you're learning now, that you're growing and developing into now will be carried right into that relationship and will have a direct impact on the quality of the relationship that you have. A hundred thousand percent guaranteed. It's my own experience. So, um, and yes, no, it never ends, but it can feel a lot better once you've um, move through a lot, a lot of stuff. So stay with it. Stay on the path. You're getting there. Um, yeah, you're getting there. It's such a great message that it's not just the destination, it's the journey. And even though it does sound cliche, if you can appreciate the journey, it's actually been scientifically proven that you, the, the road to happiness is not just getting to the end because most people who get to the end go now what and they're back in that rat race of I have to chase down something else because I got what I wanted but if you're learning along the way and you're applying all of these beautiful skills the mindfulness slowing down really getting connected to not only your own body but to the body of your future partner and all the people that you meet along the way it's, these are all nuggets and gems that we collect on our, on our journey in life. And every, every single person we meet can be a teacher, can help us if we have our eyes open and if we have our learning hat on, <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise we feel like a victim. And I mean, so many women who come to me and say, do you think it could happen for me? I, I don't know. It's the city I live in. It's my age. It's it's all these things and you know and i was told when i was younger that this this was the truth about me and i'm like that's just a limiting belief that you're carrying with you now and it's like once you understand that you can shed all that stuff it's like every day is a gift you know and oh. and not just if i'm not there then it's a bad thing exactly yes, yes yeah well this it's such a great conversation, Andrea, and I love I love your whole approach, and I love your um, just your demeanor and mm -hmm. the self acceptance and and the um, just the compassion that you have for people who are in process and for yourself who's still in process. <laughs> <laughs> Can always practice more self compassion for sure. Believe me, uh, yes. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> always. Um, so, yeah. how can um, how can people find you? So people can find me. I have a website, so Lush Coaching, L-U-S-H, Lush, because love and life should be Lush, LushCoaching.com. <laughs> um, and then I'm in social, in the social world. So I'm, in, I'm on Facebook um, and uh, Instagram as well. 
and there is also a gift on erotic um, understanding your erotic blueprint if you want to um, have that then you can send me a message let me know you listened to us and I'll be happy to um, to send that along and yeah there's also a newsletter I put out so the newsletter is, is great because it gives updates about um, workshops and courses and um, coaching and everything like that so I absolutely would love to welcome anyone who's listened to this to um, to my tribe as well because you've yeah I think the love is mutual between us <laughs> it's been wonderful to have this conversation and thank you so much for inviting me in oh, thank you and thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that helps us grow even bigger and reach more people because this information is just so, so, so important. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.